Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This award, it's like fun, but it's a popularity contest at the end of the day. Because if you're like, all right, look, Tim Thomas won it two years in a row. You had Brad Marchand win it in 2010-11, and then again in 2015-16. David Posternock won it in 2014-15, then 16-17. Um, Chris Wagner won it in 2018-19. <laughs> and then Charlie Coyle won it last year. Uh, like it, it becomes a, a popularity contest in a way. Yeah. Um, I think that's why Nick Ritchie is going to win it. Welcome to episode 42 of season two of Bruise and Brew. I'm seeing myself twice because I have the stream pulled up. <laughs> I don't need that. Um, yes, welcome. It is Chris Gear and myself without Cam. So this is some good, some good listening, some good viewing without Cam here. Um, yeah, Bruins just had a nice win. Uh, I guess we have some sponsors first. Uh, whip through them quickly. This has gone great. I pregame for this. So. Um, Chris, you have a new t-shirt, don't you? Do you not? Hey, uh, we got this, uh, black and gold till I'm dead and cold shirt from, uh, Boston or diehard Boston sports fans.com. Go, uh, go check them out. Um, promo code bruise on that website for a little, uh, you know, for a little savings. Hell yeah. We're also sponsored by DraftKings. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes if you use promo code THPN. Feel the Mm. sweat. Like never before, every dunk, steal, and assist means so much more with DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. What are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in on all the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. Um, Chris, you drinking anything? No. Had some pretty <laughs> wild headaches today. So I'm, uh, I got a water with a noon tablet in it and you uh it's a little uh hydration electrolytes without the you know sugar of your your usual sports drink so i like those um go check them out they're not sponsoring the podcast but you know it's kind of cool but it's they little, are indoors yeah uh i'm drinking a corona again but earlier i had a cider from ireland imported from ireland it's Magner, the Chris Wagner Magner. 
I was genuinely considering asking if you were in Ireland just based on your uh, <laughs> your Guinness tweet followed by Irish cider. <laughs> no, I was at an Irish pub though. Um, but yeah, so oh that that's uh, cider. I gave it a twenty two out of thirty seven on drinkability, and taste was like thirty three out of thirty seven. Could really taste it. Felt a little bit heavy. Anyway. Bruins have claimed victory tonight over the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, was close there for a bit, but Bruins expanded the their Buffalo lead. Buffalo Sabres. The Sabres. Yeah. Um, yeah, what are your initial thoughts on that? Because uh, it was pretty close for a little bit there. Yeah, um, that's kind of the microcosm of, of hockey to me. Like that, that game, uh, after each goal in that game, you could be ready to declare this the Bruins season where they finally win the cup again, or uh, this team's going to miss the playoffs because they look so terrible. Um, I think overall take some positives out of that game. I mean, the number one takeaway for me is David Krejci's absolutely humming. Like that dude is fucking on one. I hope this is just his pace for the rest of the year through the playoffs. Cause this is the playoff Krejci that we're, that we're used to. We know we can turn it on like this, but really good to see him have a couple of line mates that like, are actually productive and actually good. Um, Taylor Hall getting that little goal, the uh, benefit of Krejci's dirty dangles. Um, I, I'm not proud of the noise that I made when he uh, dished that assist, but I didn't hear what in involuntary hockey noises are back. Ooh. Oh yeah, no, I've been noticing, you know, Taylor Hall's doing good. David Krejci's doing good. I wonder if there's any correlation there. Could be related. Um, could be related. Yeah, no, it's just so nice to have Krejci have like an actual sustainable uh, winger. Even whether or not he winds up signing, though, it looks like that will be possible. For right now, it's something that's really working, and uh, it's really good to see. It's not like an experiment. It's kind of like, okay, Krejci's had success with these kind of players who have the good shooting, have the good passing also have a big frame that creates some room for him. And no, he's not like a Lucic or anything. Uh, but, you know, we wouldn't want a Lucic right now. We want a Taylor Hall, who is like a, I, don't, I was going to say 21st century version, but Lucic is also 21st century. So let's go uh, a 2021 <laughs> I, I think they're like two or three years apart in age. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think the Bruins are currently running. They're, they're rolling out two first lines kind of in the in the mold of the good old days um mm. and you know i think the the two fourth lines look pretty good charlie coyle scored um finally and yep. i mean i i think the most important thing about Krejci and and hall kind of heating up right now is it makes both power play units look really good mm-hmm. and i mean mike riley being on that on that top power play looks awesome um and I mean, I think Nick Ritchie kind of is a key there on that top power play, pushing Hall down and Mike Riley being able to push, you know, Krejci off that top unit and maybe Grizzly or McAvoy takes that spot down there on the second unit. And uh, having having depth at power play is really important, as we've seen in playoffs where the Bruins haven't been able to score on the power play it's less likely that both units are going to be completely inept 
at the same time if you have two units that have awesome players on them. Yeah, you mentioned Mike Riley on there. Uh, one of the one of my key takeaways was a slap pass he made, and I was just oh my laughing, gosh. reflecting upon our like conversations about how he just does these one touch passes. Sometimes I felt like he just like pulled it out because he was like, "All right, I'm just having fun out here. I'm bored as fuck. I'm gonna send I, a slap." Pass. I'm glad you remembered that because that was one of my <laughs> favorite moments of the game. Just uh, we were talking with Pete about like I just love all the random shit he does on the mm-hmm. ice, and that was just like. He looked like he was in NHL and just like accidentally like, you know how sometimes when when you try to like clear it from behind it when you're in your own zone and they just like randomly turn and slap (laughs) it in the wrong direction. That's exactly what that reminded me of. Um, And Charlie Coyle scoring. I mean, that was a Charlie Coyle goal. You know, Lancey says sup Kings. Sup Lancey from Twitch Um, from Twitch. Um, but yeah, no, that was a Charlie Coyle goal. That was, you know, using his size as well as his finishing ability. I mean, uh, Andy Brickley went off about it uh, and listed like 20 reasons why he scored that goal because he was using, he was just playing to his strength there. Um, and it was really good to see him get one. It was really good to see him finish. And that was, it, the, the goal aside, just that kind of play, I haven't been seeing from Coyle. I haven't seen that confidence to just drive to the net like that, go get through two guys. Um, and it's really, really encouraging to see that, especially at the stage of the season we're in, especially going into the playoffs where you're going to need a guy on that third line that can score for you. Yeah. I mean, that was another thing we talked about with Pete where Pete said the one guy you really got to get going is Charlie Coyle. And he gave a lot of really good reasons. So go back and listen to that episode if you haven't. Um, and I mean, it's one goal but I hope this maybe takes some of that pressure off. I I can't imagine. I I know most hockey players, if you ask them like, Hey, does it feel good to like finally get that goal? Well, I'm, I'm always looking at the next shift. I'm not really paying attention to stuff like that. You know, I always feel like I'm getting a little unlucky and you know, it's one of them's going to come. But I, I don't care what any hockey player says like that has to be something that's weighing on your mind. uh, If you go that many games without scoring. Um, and so maybe that's something that gets him going. And, uh, I mean, hoping that, you know, maybe, uh, Jake DeBrus gets in there and, and helps out that third line. And, you know, I think, I think whether you want Nick Ritchie or Trent Frederick on that left wing on the third line doesn't really matter versus fourth line. Um, I think either of those guys could be, a productive player, maybe not necessarily from a scoring standpoint, but, you know, giving you that, that little bit of a physical presence, but puck possession wise. Um, and I mean, even if you are rolling to a one, a one B and then a four, a four B, it can work as long as they're mm-hmm. like, you know, decent fourth lines. Yeah. You don't want too much of a gap there. Um, y- yeah. No, it's just very encouraging right now. The, <clears throat> the direction this team's headed, um, heading into the playoffs since the trade deadline. And it, it's not just because bringing new players in, obviously that's a huge factor, in it, but I think it just really put a jump in their step. Um, and you look at the rest of the division, I mean, it's so close. Would you rule out the Bruins finishing at the top of the standings? I mean, I wouldn't rule it out, but I think it's unlikely. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think they're going all the way. No, I don't know. Yeah. I, th- I think um, it's very unlikely that the Bruins finish first or miss the playoffs. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll take I'll take two, three, four. Um, uh, honestly, like to me, what how you finish in the, in those rankings doesn't really matter to me so much. much. Like no. the the matchups, you're gonna have to play two really good teams uh, out of your division to make it out of there. Um, so. I mean, we we did we did cover like our preferred ones, and I think I think we all consensus said like the Penguins were the ones Penguins, we yep. to play, um, and then and, maybe the Caps. I mean, yes, thank you, Lancey. We, we're we're covering that right now, friend. Um, and then you know, Washington. I, I don't necessarily believe in like any curse against Washington. I I just want that series to be as late as possible because. It's going to be chippy. Those teams really don't like each other. Um, and and that has the most fun Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup playoff matchup vibes that you could have. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, we covered that a lot in that episode. I don't even know what episode. I think that was an episode. Nah, I don't know when that was. But find it. Go find it. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. Um, yeah, I, should, I should stop referencing <laughs> referencing old episodes like everyone <laughs> everyone on here has listened to every episode. But um, something I did want to bring up was seventh player award because we haven't on the podcast talked too much about it yet this season. Um, at this point, who would you vote for on Nesson.com backslash? <laughs> Uh, uh, probably seventh player <laughs> yeah so i mean my early takes were craig smith but that was before i kind of understood what the so I, I do not pay attention to this award at any <laughs> point during any year um I, I the name doesn't make sense to me seventh player to me indicates uh a player who's not generally in the starting lineup who <laughs> contributes the most and to me that means craig smith but apparently seventh player means anybody who exceeds expectations by the (laughs) largest margin um and i think the consensus there is uh nick ritchie um i don't know he hasn't been making a super strong statement toward the end of the season but he did have a, a solid stretch and i guess by that standard for when he's that criterion uh I think two of the three of us in our preseason uh, roster predict- predictions had him uh, up in the press box <laughs> for <laughs> the season. So uh, I guess he has exceeded expectations by a large margin. Um, I mean, you could you could pick any of the... I, I wouldn't say any of the young defensemen, but I mean, Jeremy Lazan uh, lately hasn't been great, but, you know, when he was first playing on that top line with charlie mcavoy that that was a thing that no one was expecting so yeah uh, <clears throat> this award it, it's like fun but it's a popularity contest at the end of the day because you feel like all right look tim thomas won it two years in a row you had brad marshawn win it in 2010 11 and then again in 2015 16 david posternock won it in 2014 15 then 16 17 um chris wagner won it in 2018-19 and then charlie coyle won it last year Uh, like it it becomes a a popularity contest in a way yeah Um, i think that's why nick ritchie is going to win it 
I tip my cap towards Grizzlick, and here's why. Has he gone above and beyond? No. But if you look at where he was last season and then entering the season, a lot of people were expecting him to fill that void of Krug. Um, and, you know, while he's not as dominant of a offensive presence as uh, Krug is, uh, he he's held his own. He really has. Yeah. And I think he's a hello, Chanel. Uh, I think I don't know why I said it in that voice. <laughs> hello. Hello, Chanel. <laughs> Pip, pip, cheerio, Chanel. Um, <laughs> Drew just getting back from Ireland. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. I, th- I, I think for, for me, an unsung hero is Grizzlick. Uh, just because he has filled that void. Uh, not above and beyond, but he has done what's expected of him. And, like, I, <laughs> he's done what people have been wanting him to do like this is now your role and he's filled that role and i was skeptical at first of him filling those those skates um and it's not him alone they've brought in younger faces that have helped fill that void it's been a team effort to fill that void on the left side but uh yeah i think i think he he's blown my expectations maybe not blown away but gone above my expectations uh i mean let me let me make my quick case for (laughs) let me make my quick case for greg smith um <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh I I did see I think Matt Calvin uh mentioned when uh, on some thread of tweets that I was involved with on Craig Smith being not the candidate. He said uh, Craig Smith was signed to score tw- a 20 goal pace whatever and he's doing that. Um it, in my eyes that was that was the expectation, but also he has been assisting and he has helped revitalize a line. Um, he was brought in to be a third line right winger and he has now become a fixture on the second line. And I think that uh, gives him a, a little leg up for me uh, on this stupid, stupid uh, award. <laughs> um and then, uh, hell yeah. <laughs> and I love good, the spelling of Krejci. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any, like anyone, the, who, the proper, yeah. anyone who goes ahead and properly spells it. Um, yeah, and, and my, my other one would be uh, Mike Riley, just because that'd be hilarious to, to come in and exceed expectations by so much in like, 20 games that you win the seventh player award i mean he's doing a lot more than a third round pick yeah like just the pick being there third yeah. round pick is just sitting there <laughs> third round pick hasn't even been named yet the, the uh, ea sports gen- name generator hasn't come up with its name yet um oh what was the we talked about a name in nhl before yeah, uh, like fictional NH, or maybe it was a real player, but it was uh, it was like AHL names or something, or just my oh, steel. Uh, no, there was um, fuck, his last name is McGrordy. <laughs> <laughs> Cam uh, says stop, stop Cam, stop Cam, stop. I have Cam. I have stopped Cam. Well, okay, all right, I guess we gotta do this. <laughs> Is mine a maze? <laughs> Shouts a to a maze, a maze labs. Labs that uh, 
hosts the Hockey Podcast Network, which hosts us a the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Diehards. Sponsored by DraftKings. Yes, very, very famous. And, uh, and uh, Boston Diehard Boston. I keep wanting to say Boston Diehard fan. <laughs> DiehardBostonSportsFans.com. So I also wanted to shout out uh, some some Boston Pride players. Um, shouts yeah. to Mallory, our our friend who won one of the uh, foundation awards and get, got one of the uh, fan vote three stars for Hell the NWHL. Yeah. That needs a round of applause. And shouts to Kaylee Fratkin for winning Defender of the Year. I suppose I'll forgive her for doing that and uh, taking it from Mallory. <laughs> I feel like if you <laughs> if you lose Defender of the Year to Kaylee Fratkin, it's fine. <laughs> That's excusable. Oh, and my uh, Taylor Winskowski uh, jersey showed up. I I promised that I would purchase the uh, the gradient jersey of the goal scorer of the game winning goal in the Isabel Cup final. And I did. Hell yeah. And you got the fucking shirt that's not here for me yet. Black yeah. and gold. Till I don't know where where uh he's based, but <laughs> I'm guessing probably closer to you than me. I would I would assume, which is concerning. Maybe it got here and I did, did, just haven't seen it. Could have got mixed up in the mail. But I, uh I doubt it. I think he just likes me better. That's true. Yeah, he did express shipping for your. Well, you know what? Mine's probably going via truck and yours went via plane. Yeah. That could play a role. You know, travel. Trent Hogan says also Craig Smith, in addition to Craig G, the second line is just on fire. It is absolutely. All three of those guys, man. Uh, Taylor Hall's been every bit as good as we were expecting. I mean, I I was singing his praises earlier in the game, even when he wasn't necessarily scoring or anything he was just you know dicing up defenders and making them look real bad yep Uh, just he's fun to watch i mean Mm -hmm. i'm sure he's so not fun to watch when he's playing on a really bad team and he's either trying to do it all himself for the entire game or just like gives up so (laughs) so his whole career he's just been not fun to watch then (laughs) Uh, I mean, I've seen highlights. He's definitely been fun at times, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's one of those guys like for me, David Krejci has always been like, anytime he touches the puck, I want to see what this guy's about to do. Oh, and, yeah. and he's uh, that to a higher degree because he has the speed and, you know, I don't want to talk too much shit about David Krejci's speed because I did notice that he blew by a couple defenders today and, uh, you know, he's not a fast player, but he can turn on the jets when he needs to. And they talk about skilled puck handlers being able to slow down the game. And David Krejci is the epitome of slowing down the game. Like you look at a zone entrance that's like going, I was going to say 80 miles per hour, but I meant like 80% speed. Like, you know, if you think of playoff hockey is hundred percent and you're on a huge breakout rush, like, you, you know, you're going 80%. He'll slow it down to fucking like 20% and everybody else is going, but he'll slow down. And he's just like God all day. It's like a quarterback in a like perfectly protected pocket. Like you, you just all day to make that pass, make that next that pass, make that next move. Um, just just an incredible, incredible playmaker. And I I think there's been this myth that uh, when you puck smart's a good way to put it. I, I think there's been this myth that when you try to pair wingers with Krejci, you need to 
match up someone who can't outskate him too much or, or won't be, you know, diving offside and uh, Trent's right. I mean, like he's puck smart. He's not going to make his wingers blow by him and, <laughs> and then draw them offside. He's going to gain, he's going to gain the zone first and then slow mm-hmm. it down. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you can pair him with somebody who's way faster than him and Taylor Hall, and it's going to work just fine. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put him with Nick Ritchie or Nathan Horton or Milan Lucic, and everyone has to be the exact same level of skater. And or, or Matt Pileski or David Backes. <laughs> or... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... He's a, he's a really, really good hockey player, and I think he's been underrated around the league, at least. I, I think people in Boston understand how good he is. Um, I, th- there were times where there were calls to trade David Krejci because he's soft and can't stay healthy, but, I mean, he's kind of, he had like a bad hip injury um, and then, for the most part, has been pretty healthy for the last three, four years. Um and yeah, you don't really hear those calls for <laughs> trading your really good number two center. Um, and I mean, if the if the Bruins had absolutely sucked this year and uh, been clearly going to miss the playoffs, I think maybe they might have tried to move him and see if he would waive his no trade. But uh, that's not how this is going, and I'm glad. Um, I wanted to. Ask you well, if we're not wrapping it up right now, but ready to move into a final sec- segment, um, as this is Friday content, <clears throat> I have a little quiz for you, Ooh. Chris Gear. Who won the first ever seventh player award during the 1968-69 season? Who <laughs> who exceeded expectations in '69? <laughs> Uh, Gary, Larry, Terry, Jerry Cheevers. Ooh, Ed Westfall. Um, here. Wait, what? What year were you born? Ninety. Yeah. All right. Um, who won it in the nineteen? Okay, nineteen eighty-nine, ninety season. <laughs> uh, seventh player award. Um. <laughs> He was also, you know, I'm guessing, I'm I'm guessing Ray Bork uh, exceeded expectations most years. Let's go with that. (laughs) Uh, No, but he, uh, oh, Uh, when did he win it? I felt like I saw his name on this list. Well, he never won it. He know. Oh yeah, he did in, uh, in 1979, 80. The answer was John Carter, who is also the name of a U.S. representative. Um. Okay, I'll I'll ask names that like everyone should know. Names of Bruins players you just might be surprised when they want it. Um, let's see. Let's go to eighty six, eighty seven. Who won the Don Sweeney? Ooh, eighty six, eighty seven. No, it was Cam Neely. So that's close. That's the same. (laughs) That's the same box. Right the, there. the front office, yes. It's literally the same office there. They're neighbors. Um, Don Sweeney won it in 93, 92, 
Interesting. And then Sick. Cam Neely and then Cam Neely won it again. So see, like this this award is really, really tough. I will so I will he say came I, back from a knee injury. I was gonna say I assume Cam Neely was probably injured and, and came back because that was most of his career. Bill Guerin won it two years in a row. <laughs> exceeded his exceeded expectations. <laughs> All right, now this is the big. He also like really exceeded expectations. Yeah, he, went, he went off in O two, you know. Um, all right, here's the real, real big question: Who won it in the two thousand four O five season? Joe Thornton. Nobody. It was a lockout. Aha. Oh, you got uh, me. Joe Thornton won it in uh, two thousand. Before that, it was Byron Defoe, the best Bruins goaltender in history. I will die on that hill. No, I won't. But he has a sick poster. And it's in. I don't know where that poster is anymore. I think it's in my basement. But the pride of Worcester, Bass, Bill Garrett. Um, I don't know. I just want to bring up one other random one. But I okay. Care. I don't know. I want to find the best hockey name on this list. Oh, okay. 1991-92, Vladimir Ruzica. Ruzica. Cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we're about good on that. Anything else, Chris, before we wrap up this hell of an episode? No, I mean, Tuca looked good. Uh, oh, yeah. Starting back-to-back game. Not literally, like, back-to-back days, but starting two games in a row for the first time since coming back from injury, I believe. And, uh, yeah, looked, uh, looked pretty excellent after... Uh, a not great previous game. Yeah, there was one. It was the one before that. That was bad. He was good in the last game. There was one Buffalo goal tonight where, I mean, I don't know if you can necessarily blame him for this, but there was a big, big rebound and he was out of position for it. Um, I was watching at a bar, so I probably didn't see the whole perspective and all of the replays and everything. So I can't say whether that was Tuka's fault or not, but I guess from one, one was a bad I think they were both turnovers. One one was a bad turnover. Uh, and the other one was an acceptable good turnover. <laughs> well, it was <laughs> it was one of those ones from like the pass came from behind the net and there was no way Tuka could do anything about right. it. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not willing to ascribe too much blame to him on yeah. the two goals that he gave up. You know, they're all his fault and yep. he can't win the big games. So we all know that. All right. Well, thank you for those watching live. Thank you to those listening later or watching later or those getting this via Telegram. Do, I'm gonna go do to Telegram sleep. still exists? Can we do Telegram? Let's do a uh, Telegram podcast. I wonder if Telegraph still exists. Ooh. All right. We'll find out next time on Bruce. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>